I live in South Texas. Right. First, I'm not sure I live far enough south yet. <laughs> it's getting a little bit too cold around here. Uh, I can put up with a little bit of it. You know, when they close the ski resort down, you know it's bad. It's bad when they close the ski resort down, huh? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's bad. Well. And I asked before you left, I said, do we need to bring firewood for a fireplace? Oh, no, they got wood over there. Sounds like you had a really memorable oh, yeah. Yeah. trip. The only thing, oh, the only thing I remember on the positive side, I seen five herd of elk. Oh, wow. No bulls, all cows, but I seen five herd of cows. Well, there's a bull somewhere then. Promise. Promise. I couldn't pull over on the side of the road and look because, you know, I had uh, snow everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, let's get started. Good to see everybody here. Uh, I know we've been, uh, you know, probably last week the power going down was probably the best thing that happened because, you know, there was a lot of sick people we found out. People were getting sick and, and you know, and so, you know, and I, I think Tim or somebody said, you know, if God wanted us to be here, the power would have come on and we would have been here. So... He didn't want us here for a reason, and probably was the best thing. We may have had 30 or 40 people sick if it hadn't been for that. So, you know, it probably... did an awesome job, I think. Y'all watch that? Yeah, yeah. Do you know how difficult it is to stand behind this, this camera and to pull it off the way he pulled? His kids were sitting in the room with him. Y'all understand? His kids were in the room. Yeah, you, know, you need to pay kids on the head. What a great job they did. And I told him, don't you ever tell me ever again that you can't lead singing. Not <laughs> ever. <laughs> ever. Ever. You know. He did a good job. He did a good did man. And not to have a, a blip or a bobble. That, I mean, it, it just, you know. No time to really prepare. No, he didn't have any time. I mean, he had to pull that off on his phone. You know, I mean, I called him at like 7. And, and Tim had already called him, and, you know, it was, hey, we got no power. Probably ain't going to have no power. And, uh, you know, he said, I'll put something together from here. Said, okay. You know? He did a good job. He did a really good job. So, it's really difficult to do something like that. Really difficult. You guys have no idea how hard that is to do when you're talking to a dead room. Because you're talking to a dead room. And many preachers, I don't know about most of them, but I, I feed off of an audience. I feed off of what, people, what I see in people's faces and stuff. You know, it's really difficult to, to do that alone. So, anyway. I just had to ask myself if that would happen all over Victoria, how many churches would have still had a service? Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, I really don't know uh, how many. Uh, you know, I, I know that, that probably some wouldn't have. I mean, there's there's a lot of churches that have, have the ability to do what we're doing this morning, to, to live stream stuff. You know, there's a lot of them that have that. I don't know how many, but... Some of the smaller churches don't, and so they wouldn't have been able to do anything. They just wouldn't. So I got a phone call, well, a text message last night, late, from Margarita. And uh, you know the little girl or the person that got hit over by Denny's yesterday afternoon? Her name is Maya Barnett, and she is good friends with, Mar Margarita is good friends with her mother. And they have life-flighted her to San Antonio. 
and uh, and she uh, her mother's name is Laura, and uh, and the little girl's name is Maya M Y A, and uh, she wanted us to pray for her. I told her I said I will announce it this morning. We will pray for her specifically, so it's going to go out online. So if you guys are watching wherever you're watching, please pray for that little girl. She's got a fractured face and a fractured spine. What I seen on Facebook was that they're looking for people to help get them to and from. Yeah, we we're gonna we're gonna, I'm gonna bring a card next week, mm -hmm. and uh, and we're going to put a we're gonna put a, a check in there and give it to the family. I had money in my pocket, but I got a text about ten minutes ago and said I got called into work. I'm not gonna be there, so I'm gonna have her come by and pick up some money tomorrow morning to give to that family. So. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's that's what we do. That's what benevolence is for. So we're going to help that family. And uh, and I, we'll, we're going to get them a gift card or something. And that card will give, have a card so you can all sign it. And then we're going to send that to them. Because I know what it's like. I've been involved when my mom was down. Georgia was gone all the time when, when her mother was down. And it's financially crippling to a young family. Man, if it hadn't been for the church, I don't know what we'd have done. You know, Rudy Ray brought a check over. And, I'm, and I'm, you know, I don't take money. I don't do that. And I'm, I'm trying to give it back to him, and he said, you don't have any choice. And if it hadn't been for that, we would have we, we'd have sank, we would have drowned. And, uh, because we were gone all the time. And they're going to be, you know what that's like. Oh, I appreciate that. Andrew and I stayed at that hospital all day, every day. I mean, we had, place, we had place to stay. We could stay place in San Antonio. But she don't have any place. So she's going to have to either stay in the lobby at the hospital or going to have to get a room. And that's expensive. So I hope uh, people really reach out to her. I really do. Uh, you know, I hope they, I hope they, we're going to reach out. I know that, but we're going to, we're going to do some stuff for them. So you'll know that we're doing that from this, from this church. We're doing that. So uh, we'll do that. Uh, we'll do that next, uh, next week. I'll have a card. So what is not working? Huh? Get your phone out. No, 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 no can do. No can do. All right. Well, we're going to pray and we're going to pray for that little girl and, uh, I will announce it again this morning. I've got welcome. I'm gonna we're gonna pray about it again. But uh, I just wanted you guys to know. Okay, let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the opportunity we have to be here. We pray for this body of believers here that we worship this morning. That our worship, Father, will be pleasing to you. That you will work on those things in our lives that we need to fix and that we need to get a handle on. And that you will help us, Father, in, in our in our lives as we move forward. Help us to move forward in the right direction, following your Son ultimately to eternal, to eternal life and that reward that you have promised to us. Father, we thank you so much for this family, for this family of believers who is, is so dedicated to helping people. Father, we have that opportunity this morning with little Maya. Uh, she got hit by a car yesterday, and they have life-flighted her to San Antonio. We know you know that. We know that you know her and her mother, and we know that you know Margarita and that whole situation. Father, we, uh, we offer that little girl up to you to have, put your arms around her and protect her, and take, keep her safe and keep her family safe. Uh, Father, be with us that we might be able to do whatever is necessary from our end that we can do. Uh, we want to help that family. And Father, give us those opportunities to do that. Thank you, Father, for the opportunity. And, and, we, and we praise you now for what you're going to be doing in that little girl's life. We've seen it before. We've seen what you, what you did in little Z's life. We've seen what you've did, done in a lot of our lives and the way you powerfully come to, uh, to the aid of, of folks that are in need. And we pray, Father, you do the same thing with this little girl. And, Father, we pray for that person who, uh, who hit her. It was an accident. It wasn't their fault. I mean, I know they, they must be struggling as well. And I pray for them as well, Father. We don't know who they are. But we pray that you do. 
and that you will touch them as well. Father, bless them. And bless us this morning as we study. Help us to learn and help us to grow so that we may be the very best we can be. And it's in the name of your Holy Son we pray. Amen. We're going to be in John chapter 10. Do you want to turn over there? I thought about this, Doug. I had this ready last week, of course. This is my class I was going to teach last week. And I thought how much negativity there is in our society today. I mean, you look at around us and there's so much negativity. There's so much, you know, people are struggling and fighting against each other. Politicians are fighting and, and the CDC has got this and there's negativity on that side and on one side or the other. And nobody can say in one day it's one thing, another day it's another something else. And there's just a lot of negativity. And people are affected a lot of times in a negative way with that stuff. Okay? But that's no different than it was in Jesus' day. Jesus is going through a period that right now, and pretty quickly in the next chapter, it's gonna, they're, they're, they're done. The, the leadership's done. They're going to kill him now. Now they've decided it's better to lose one than lose a whole nation. That's their mindset. And so the, so the negativity has started. It's always there with him. And he's always dealing with the negativity from the leadership. And you know what will happen. If leadership is negative long enough, it will start to affect the people in the bottom. Get a get a, a company that you work for, and the leadership is 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 negative and always got a negative. You're going to start to affect the whole mindset of the people underneath you. You know that. I've seen it happen before. And so when you when you look at at what's happening, the the nation is is led by the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and they are in a negative mindset. Every time we turn around, we're seeing something negative again. You'll see it again this morning. The things they say. And it's going to start to affect. And they're going to have an influence on the on the populace where when it comes time for them to judge Jesus and to pick whether they're going to pick him or Barabbas, what are they hollering for? Crucify him. The same people that he's fed and he's clothed and things he's done for, they are going to turn on him because the negativity is going to take over. You know, one thing that, that, that I looked at with this text here is... Uh, there are many people today who do not believe in Jesus. They don't want to follow him. Uh, they're very critical of any who do. If you get online, you can start to see it. You can start to see the critical, negative attitude that people have. And, uh, but that, none of that negativity then for Jesus or us now changes who he claimed to be. He didn't change who he claimed. He claimed to be the light of the world. He claimed to be the bread of life. He said he claimed to be the Son of God. He claimed that he was the gate for the sheep that we looked at two weeks ago. That there is a sheep pen and he is the only way in. None of that negativity, none of that the, the negative stuff that people are going to say is going to change that. Wouldn't change it then, it's going to change it now. It's still true now just like it was then. Okay. I want you to understand that as we go through this. And what does it mean, what he's saying to us? What does it mean for us? Now, I want you to look at John chapter 10, and we're going to start in verse 14. Okay? Chapter 10 and verse 14. He said, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep, I have other sheep that are not of this, of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my son, my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up. This command I received from my father. We looked at last week, or two weeks ago, we looked at, at Psalm 23. 
And it starts out, the Lord is my shepherd. Okay? Is he? Is he your shepherd? And what does that mean if he is your shepherd? Here he says, I know my sheep and my sheep know me. You know what the word for know there is? It's conosco. And it's a word you've heard me talk about before. That word is an intimacy. It's not a, I know Chris's name. I know who Chris is. That's not what it is. It's I know you. It's the way you know your wife. That's what it's saying. I know. It's the way Charlie knows Rochelle or the way I know Georgia. You know, I'm, there's intimacy here that I know her that way, that you know your wife that way. That's what Jesus is saying. I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep. I have an intimate relationship with them. And he said, and my sheep know me. And the word is exactly the same. So, so from this from this text, he said, I'm the shepherd that, that has an intimate relationship with my sheep, and they have an intimate relationship with me. So if you can say Psalm, in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, that's what you're saying. And then you have to ask him, is it true? Is that the truth? Do I have that kind of relationship with my shepherd? Am I glad that I'm in sheep pen? And do I have that kind of relationship? That's what he said. He said, I know my sheep. In the text before, did two weeks ago, he said, I can call them by name. He knows JG. He knows who he is. He knows what he is. He knows what his heart is like. He has an intimate, he, has, he knows him even better than Glenda does. He knows him. He has, he has an intimate knowledge of him. And for us on the other side, what should we do? I should have an intimate knowledge of him as well. I'm going to learn that from this. I'm going to learn that from the book. I'm going to learn that from other people. I'm going to learn that. The Holy Spirit's going to teach me what it means to have an intimate relationship with him. What, it, what does it mean? Then he said, he said, I not only know them, but I will lay down my life for them. I will lay down my life for my sheep. You know, that yet text, you remember the text in, in Luke chapter 15, the parables of the lost? What's one of the stories that he tells? The parable of the lost sheep, right? The guy has 99. What does he do? Goes and finds the one and comes home rejoicing. I found my sheep who was lost. I found him. That's how he feels about us. He has a relationship where if he if he sees me wandering, he's coming looking for me. Now he may use he may use you to do that. He may use me to do that. You know, but he's going to come looking for you. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna preach in two weeks here for Cole, and I'm gonna preach a text I believe out of Second Chronicles, and it says. And it says one thing. God says, I brought distress upon them by the things that happened to them. I did it. And if you listen to what Cole said last week, he said, consider it what? Pure joy. What? When you fall into various trials and tribulations. Why? Because the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Who's testing your faith? Satan tests your faith. He don't want, he don't, he already knows. He already knows what he wants. God is. Consider it joy when you fall into various trials and tribulations. You know, God is looking. My shepherd is looking for me. He's going to go out looking, and he's going to do whatever is necessary to get me to turn around and come back. That's that's what this text is telling me. That's what my shepherd is like. Is that your shepherd? Is that truly the shepherd you walk behind? Look at what, he, what else he said. He said, I have other sheep that are not of this pen. You know what he's talking about? Gentiles. He's talking about the, the only one who could pull this off is him. Nobody else could pull this off. If you go to Ephesians chapter 2, it said, he, he broke down the dividing wall of hostility, which was contrary to them, and made the two one. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 28. It says, there's, there's neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, we're all one in Christ Jesus. That's what he said. That's what he's talking about. 
I had people, I had back in the day, but you know what I had a guy tell me one time? He said, oh, he's got, he's got other, other people on other planets. I'm not, I'm not lying to you. That's what they said. He said, oh, that, that means there's, there's other people just like us on other planets that God has visited and, and Jesus is, is working with other people on other planets. He may very well be, but you can't prove that from this text. <laughs> this text doesn't say that. This text says you have other sheep from other, another pen that they're going to listen to my voice as well. They're going to listen to me. And we know what, what, what he did with Paul. What did he do? He got him to, because he was going to minister to the Gentile. What did he tell Peter? He said, he said, you are Peter upon this rock. I'm built upon the rock of the, his confession. And he said, I give you the keys to the kingdom. What's he going to do? Open the door for people to walk in. The Jews first and then the Gentiles in Acts chapter 10. God is making provision. He's the only one that could pull off the fulfillment of what he told to Abraham thousands of years before. What did he say to Abraham? Through your seed, all nations will be blessed. Not just Israel. All nations will be blessed. And here's Jesus saying, I have other sheep I'm going to go get, and they're going to listen to me. They're going to listen to my voice as well. And 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 so, anyway, let's move on. He said, I have authority. We, we can go to Matthew 28. You want to go to Matthew 28? And it says, all authority has been given to me on heaven and on earth. It says, go into all the world and do what? Make disciples. Preach to them. Baptize them. That's what he said. And I'll be with you even, even to the end of the age. He said, because all authority has been given to me. If you go to Ephesians chapter 1, he said, he said, he had sent me down to his right hand and made my enemies my footstool. All authority has been given to Jesus to do this. He's going to go lay down his life for his sheep. That's what he did. So when we go worship this morning and we celebrate through communion, okay, we're going to celebrate. What are we celebrating? We're celebrating the death of my shepherd. My shepherd going to do what he needed to do so that I could have a relationship and intimacy with him and with the Father. He said, being the Father one. He said, the Father gave me the authority. I'm going to lay down my life for him. He said, I know my sheep, and that means the Father knows them as well. Now, look at verse 19. What does it say in verse 19? Here we go. Here we go again. The Jews who heard these words were again divided. Many of them said, he is demon-possessed and raving mad. Why listen to him? Can you hear him? Can you hear him? Turn on the TV sometime. Turn on it to a news channel. and say, What do you hear? Calling one people a bunch of lunatics. They, they don't know what they're talking about. And then another group saying it got negativity everywhere. Does it sound like the same stuff? Yep, does to me. And then look at what's up. Said, but others said, these are not the sayings of a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? There's some logical people still here. Well, there's some logical people still here in the, in, the, in our society today too. The problem is, ain't nobody listening to them. That's the problem. Nobody was listening to these guys either. That's the problem. There were some people that made sense. How can you how can you do this? Jesus even said, you know, a demon doesn't cast out demons. That's what he does. And, and he called that. He, he said, that's unpardonable. Said, that's unforgivable. He accused me of that. So tells him, he said, he and you know, so then in verse 22, y'all see all the negativity. Yeah, that's what Jesus is dealing with. Yet at the same time, what is he saying? He said, I know Dan. 2,000 years from now, I know him, I know what makes him tick, I know what he likes, what he doesn't like, and I'm going to have a relationship with him. And I'm going to go do this. When he's in the garden, you don't think you don't think he thought about us? Maybe not by name, but he thought about us, don't you think? Make a place for Donald to go to? Make a place for Donald? Do you think that's what he, he's going to say that in just a minute? 
You know, I'm rushing through this because I wanted, I had a whole lot I could say about some of this stuff. I wanted to get to this because I want you to see what he said. Look, look at what he said. Then came the feast festival of dedication at Jerusalem. It was winter. And Jesus was in the temple courts walking in Solomon's colonnade. This, this particular temp dedication came in 167 B.C. All right? When they, when they did it. Not really from, from God. God didn't do it. It was a, it's called Hanukkah. Y'all heard that before? It's called the, fe the festival of dedication. Lasts for eight days. What it lasts for. And Jesus was there, and he was walking around, and it was this festival of dedication that they had, were celebrating. Okay? And he's in, it's in wintertime. It's in, the, it's, in the, it's in the month of December. It's when it is. And, uh, and he said, and so listen to what he said. He said, the Jews who were there gathered around him saying, how long will you keep us in suspense? Excuse me? Whoa, wait a minute. Wait, wait. If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Oh my gosh! I mean, I, I get on I get on YouTube from time to time, and I have watched some some videos of some some woke folks. Good grief, man! I saw one lady the other day on a video. I don't think it was staged because she took the camera threw the camera on the ground, threw the guy's phone on the ground. But she was all upset because he drove this great big old truck and he had pumping gas, and she was screaming at him screaming at him doesn't, she, doesn't he know what he's doing to the environment by 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 and i'm going really this this, this was an older lady too and she said are you filming me and he said i just got you on my phone and the next thing you know the phone's on you know she i guess she grabbed a hold of it and threw it on the phone i guess all this guy was doing standing there pumping against his car you know it's not it's nuts out there guys people you know can you think what jesus just going what Listen, look at what he said. He said, I I did tell you, but you do not believe the works I do. So in, in my Father's name, testify about me. You remember we looked at chapter 5? You remember in chapter 5, I said, okay, there's some things that, that testify about him. I, I wrote them down, all right? He said, uh, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read them. I don't want to say them. Chapter 5. He said, and I'm just listen to this. I have testimony weightier than that of John. For the works that the Father has given to me finish the to finish. The very works that I'm doing testify that the Father has sent me. Right, what does Jesus tell him again here? Man, I told you, the works I'm doing, telling you that, telling you who I am. How can you deny what's happening here? How can you deny what's being done here? People are being raised from the dead. People are can, can couldn't see, can see. You know, people are being fed five thousand, four thousand are being fed. From a few fish and a couple of loaves of bread. And he said, He said, I am doing testify. And he said, The Father who sent me has himself testified. And then he says, The scriptures themselves testify about me. He said, Not just the, but here he tells them, He said, You have the works. How do you deny what I did? You know, we'll get later on into John all the way at the end. And it said, there, There's many things that we don't have written down. That the writer says, I believe that probably the whole world can contain the books. Of everything that was written down that that he did, but we have enough that we might believe that Jesus is the Christ. We have enough to believe. We don't have to have anything else. So we have enough. I can I believe the things that he did. And why do you believe it? if if they testify like then they do now? Can you do you have enough evidence to to prove to you that Jesus is the good shepherd? He's the Messiah. Do you have enough proof? People in the world say you don't. 
People in the world say science trumps all of that. That 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 psychology trumps all of that. That's what they say. You know, so what do you say? Do you have enough evidence? Do you have enough to prove to you that Jesus is the good shepherd? Because your whole existence depends on it. It depends on it. What proofs to what proof do you have? What what proof do you have? They had they were walking and talking. I mean, they watched these people get up and walk. They watched these people rise from the dead. You know, the next chapter is going to talk about Lazarus being coming out of the tomb. How are you going to this guy's been in the tomb for four days? How are you going to how are you going to argue that? What testimony do you have? What testifies to you by what Jesus did that you know he's this good shepherd? You just buy it because somebody like me said so. Why do you believe it? Why? I, you don't have to answer. I just want you to think about it. Why do you believe it? Do you have enough evidence to believe that Jesus is the Messiah? And you have to ask yourself, what is it? Why do I believe it? What is it? I don't, I don't, I don't know what it is for you. I have no idea. I believe I have enough evidence. You know, I've told you before. When I sit down and study with someone, there's two things that we get established before we start studying. Is this God's Word? The first thing, that's the second thing. The first thing is, is God real? Is He real? Can I prove without a doubt that God exists? I can do that. And then, is this God's Word? If I have been proved that there's a real God, is this His Word? And then I go about systematically proving that this is His Word. So now I have a standard to go by. Now I have proof. I have truth here. So I can look at this and say, okay, He did this. I didn't have to see it. I didn't have to see him. I didn't have to see him raise Lazarus from the tomb. I believe it because it's God's word. If you don't have that, you don't have those two things. When I sit down with someone, all we're going to do is debate opinion, and I'm not doing that. I've done that before. It doesn't doesn't accomplish anything. You know, I want somebody that wants to know the truth. And if I have the truth, then I want to, I want to present that to them. So, you know, here that for me, that's what it is. That I look at this book, and everything in this book is real to me. I believe it because it says it because I believe this is God's word. I believe I've, I believe I've proved it to myself that it's his word. I, don't have, I didn't have to prove I had to prove it to myself first. So that's what I did. And then look at what he said. He said, the works I do testify by me, but you do not believe because you are not my sheep. Now, what did we say about his sheep? Sheep are going to listen to him. They know him. They're going to follow him. Look at what he said. My sheep listen to my voice. Well, if he's not here today, how do you listen to his voice today? How, how do you tell me how you listen to his voice today? Are you just, you know, are you waiting for Cole to, to expound great truths this morning so you can listen to, you know, well, he, God's, God's going to, Cole's going to get up there and he's going to talk about, he's going to, Jesus going to talk through him. I got criticized for making a statement like that one time. Here. Somebody made fun of me because that God, that I found God speaks through me sometimes. You know, I, I'm going, I want God to be able to speak through me when I get up there. And I got criticized, made fun of for that. I'll tell you something, man. If Scott's leading singing this morning and God's not guiding him, then I don't want him up there. I don't want him up there. Okay? I don't. I don't. If he's if he's not letting God guide him and lead him through that song service, you know, this is to glorify him. I want God up there with him. I want God motivating him. Don't you? So, you know, when Cole gets up there, I want I want it. I want to feel like that God has, has empowered him and moved him. And that God's going to, going to tell me something, not from Cole. I know Cole. Cole's flawed. 
Yes, he is. He's flawed. Just like me, just like you. He's got those issues in his life that I know about. So I want I want him to, to put all that aside and say, God, I need your help. You need to talk to me. So so I'm going to listen when I believe that because I'm going to listen to God. Listen to what God has to say. Now, he said, uh, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them. Now, we already talked about that. That word is gnosko. I, I, I am intimate with them. Look at what he says next. I give them eternal life. How are you going to get it unless he gives it to you? How are you going to get it unless he goes to the cross and makes it available to you? And how are you going to get it? You know, when Pam goes in, into makes a decision, you know, the other day, and she goes, she she goes into this and is obedient in the waters of baptism and rises up to walk as a new creature. That's what Romans six says. Okay. How is that going to happen if Jesus doesn't do it? Because the water don't cleanse nobody. Water doesn't do anything. You know, God, if that's what you think we believe, uh, you're wrong. Okay, guys online, if that's what you think we believe, you're wrong. We do not believe in water salvation. All right, we got that clear? We do not believe in water salvation. We believe in salvation through the blood of Christ. Right? We come in contact with the blood when we're obedient to Him. God washes us clean. Baptism is only part of this. But does she have to believe that Jesus is going to give her eternal life? Yeah. Yeah, because that's the only way you get it. By being obedient and doing what God tells us to do. But but I, I said something about Donald a while ago, and I want to look at this. He said, and they shall never perish. No one shall snatch them out of my hand. The Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I am the Father of one. So what is the guarantee? He gives me, he, he, uh, he makes it possible for me to listen to him. He makes it possible for me to have a, a working knowledge of him, to know him, to know who he is and what he stands for. All right? And then... And then he gives me eternal life. And he, then he tells, now I'm going to guarantee it. Doesn't mean you can't fall away. Okay, guys? There are too many texts. I've got texts all over the place where it talks about people falling away. It's not once saved, always saved. That, that's not biblical. Okay? You know, what I have here is that God said, if you stay faithful to me, you stay faithful, no one will snatch you out of my hand. So what's the assurance I have for God? He stayed faithful. He was faithful to the end. And so what do I know? Nobody snatched him out of hand. So now I, what do I know where he's at? He's he's with he's with however that works. I don't know how it works. He's a lot smarter than I am now because he knows I don't. I told Cliff one time, I said, you're never going to be as smart as me. <laughs> he knows things I don't know. You know. So he got smarter than me real quick. Yeah, Donald's smarter. He knows what he knows what it means to experience reward. He knows what it, it, it what it means to experience salvation and reality. I don't. I know what it feels like here, but I don't know what it feels like to, to for, for Jesus to meet me and say, "Man, good job. You did awesome. Come on, I got something to show you." I don't know what that's like. He does, and I look forward because if this is true, I'm going to see him again. I'm going to see him again. I'm going to see all those people again that left and that were faithful. Roxy. What about Roxy? Remember Roxy? Oh, yes. Remember what she told me? I told you. She said, I want I want to be able to run through a field of flowers. That's what she told me. She couldn't walk barely. Run was out of the question. I had to work on her car one time, and I had to figure out how to drive her car because she had it set up for someone who stands. I couldn't I couldn't drive her car. I had to fix things. I had to put it back when I got here with it because I couldn't drive it because the way she had to drive her car, she had to drive standing up. 
and 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 now she uh, she's received what this is telling me the good shepherd listened to her when she talked and she listened to him when when he was talking he knew her he had an intimate relationship with her and she had an intimate relationship with him and he promised her guaranteed her eternal life and said no one will ever take it from you now let me tell you something those of you who didn't know her she had a lot of things going on a lot of issues going on in her life it would have been easy for someone to say i give up i'm done the one thing that she never did she never gave up did she never no matter how bad it got she never gave up she always believed that she was going to go home and that she was going to get to run in a field someday well she got her wish i believe she got her wish now he said uh again his jewish opponent picked up stones to stone him but jesus said to them I have shown you many good works from the Father. For which of these do you stone me? What are you stoning me for? What did I do? Because the law was very specific about what it was that uh, that that constituted being stoned to death. There were certain things that you could stone and certain things you could. Now they believed he was blaspheming. You understand how critical that was in their culture that they were that they were blaspheming. He was blaspheming God. That means he was saying things that making himself equal with God. Making himself God's son would have been a blasphemous to them. Of course, they've taken the law and added their own little little tidbits and stuff to it to make it say what they wanted to say. But if I'm going to listen to what the truth is, that's what it says a sheep does. The sheep listens to him. What is what does it mean for me? What does it mean for you to listen to him? What does it mean? What do you do? How do you how do you pull that off in your life? Because I, that I have to go back to. Because you know here this this text is, is this is very profound. He says, "My sheep listen to me." How do you do that? How do you do that? What do you do to listen? What happens when you're hearing something that's that's not in accordance with what you believe you need to do. What if you what if you're listening and and you want to do a certain thing in your life and he says and it comes pretty good pretty good that he's saying, No, you don't you need to do that. That's not healthy. And you really want to do this. So what do you do? You do it anyway? Yeah. That's what we do. We do it anyway. Don't we? Just like little kids. How many of you got little you got little kids? How, you got little, how many times in a week, or in a day, or in an hour, do they do what you tell them not to do? Every minute. A lot? Opposite, because that's a lot easier to count. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you're, all kids are like that. We're like that. But, we, but at some point as we mature, what do we do? We start to listen more and more. We start to hear things from a different perspective more and more as we read. Do you hear things from God's Word the same as you did 15 years ago? Do you see them the same? No. No, we see them completely different. We have experiences. Somebody dies. Somebody loses their job. Somebody gets sick. We see them from a different perspective now. We look at God, you know, especially when you're standing over a casket, you've got to look at the, at the text from a different perspective, don't you? It gives you a whole different sense of how you're going to vision, see and listen to God. You want to hear things different then. You know, if you get sick, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, Mark got sick. Mark was sick. 
Mark was really sick. You know, I mean, he got disoriented and everything. He was he was sick, sick. wasn't hospital sick, but he was he was that sick. And now he feels like he's gotten beat up by a truck. But he but but you know, uh, you know when you get like that, he got disoriented. When you get like that, you start to look at God from a different perspective. I talked to John L. and he said he said when he got sick the last time when when me and him and all of us got sick way back when he says the only time I ever been sick I thought I was going to die. He said, it makes you look at God from a different perspective when you think you're going to die. When you feel that sick, that you're that you're dying. Your body's telling you, this is not good, and it's not going to get any better, probably. It did, but that's how you felt. And it makes you look at it. So it makes you listen to God different. Take on a different position. As a, as a song leader, you have to listen to God from a different perspective, don't you, than the rest of us do. We're just out there, ah, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to try to carry a tune that we can't carry. But you have a different perspective on the way you listen to him. You have to listen to it different than we do. Because you have a tremendous responsibility. Cole, this morning, going to get up and preach for us. He's got, he's got to listen different than you and I do. Right? I'm not a mother. Not a mother. But a mother's going to listen to God from a different perspective than I would as a father. Okay? And as we grow and mature, we're going to look at it differently. You know... When I when I when it says that I know him intimately, you know, how am I going to treat that relationship? So I just, guys, I just want you to think about this. How am I going to treat that relationship? Am I going to look for opportunities to be sinful, or am I going to look for opportunities to be godly? I'm going to look for opportunities to be godly. The sinful stuff's going to happen, man. It's going. I'm a human being. I'm going to make mistakes. So are you. But I'm going to strive to mitigate those bit by bit and make them less and less of an issue in my life. Right? That's why we need to be praying for each other. Because, you know, when we leave here, man, we look at us, man. We're all spit, shine, and polished, man. Don't we all look good? Man, we look good. Someone's got suits on. Yeah, women got makeup on. Man, you know, man, we're, we're spit, shine, man. We look. Go out there on Tuesday. Tuesday morning when y'all get up. See how spit, shine you look. You see what I'm saying? You know, we put on one face here. And sometimes we put on another face out there. Can't be that way, guys. If we're going to have a relationship with God, it has to be the same all the time. Right? All the time. You know, that's what he's telling us. He said, I'm going to give you eternal life. And I'll reward you for all time. But he's required some things of his sheep. He requires some things. That's what he tells him. He said, I require this of you. He said, my sheep are going to listen to me. And if you don't, if you don't, you remember Matthew chapter seven, I believe. He said, "Many are going to say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we do marvelous things? Did we do all these wonderful things?" And what's he going to tell them? You get away from me because I don't know you, right? So fifty percent—it's on me. I got to—I got to decide. I'm going to do the very best I can do all the time, and I'm going to ask you to help me with that. When you see something amiss, I need you to come up to me in love. And tell me, did I see this right? And do I need to pray for you? But I want you to do it the right way. I don't want you to. I don't want you stab me in the, in the eye with a with an eye stick. I want you to do that. I want you to, 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 to come to me, not go behind my back. That's not what the sheep do. Sheep don't do that. The sheep. The sheep are a family. That not what he told us. That we're a family, and we have a responsibility to be that family. So when he tells us. He said, "Now, he said, uh, God, man, I can't get there. It's too much. 
I got farther than I wanted to go, and then I got to something that I can't just I can't just jump around with. So I'm going to stop there because there's some things I need to look at in the Old Testament with the neck. So we'll pick up. We're going to pick up there uh, uh, in verse 31 again. We'll talk about the negativity again next week, guys. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're you're watching us online. I hope you enjoyed this. This is my name, is Dan Spake. This is Central Church of Christ, and we're awesome. It's awesome that you chose to join us, and I hope you'll come back and join us again. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next week.